Now, as the fire started raging on the Port Hills yesterday, soot affected the high-voltage lines and caused the circuits to trip at the Bromley substation in Christchurch. Local Lions company Orion says that knocked out power to 39,000 customers. Late yesterday, flames could be seen near Transpower's pylons and lines. The national grid operator says it won't be able to get in and inspect them until it is safe to do so. We're joined now by Transpower's General Manager, Mark Rao. Kia ora, good morning to you, Mark. Tell me, with the uh, the uh, high-voltage lines being affected yesterday, it, it, soot was the problem. How, how did How does that work? Cure, Andrew. Um, not just so. when uh, when there's a combination, I guess, of high temperatures um, from the fire. Um, there's thick smoke and a whole lot of carbon particulate um, from the fire. You can get a situation where the electricity can travel through that air. So, in the case of yesterday, the, between the um, different lines on the tower, you would have had electricity arcing across. And obviously, our protection systems um, operate pretty quickly to remove that from service to keep everyone safe. Okay, so that knocked out power to customers. Is that now being restored? Yes, apologies um, for the interruption yesterday. Obviously, um, not really in our control. But yeah, we um, worked with Orion really quickly. I think with about 45 minutes, Orion were able to move all the customers across um, that were affected to our Islington substation. So Orion invested heavily um, in the network post the earthquakes and, and um, they've got the ability to supply sort of all the load from either Islington or Bromley if there's an issue at either site. What about the rest of your network around there, the pylons and lines, the flames apparently seen near them? What can you tell us about that? Is more damage being done? We've been working with the fire service um, on the site and we've had people in last night, unfortunately, because the fire was just too intense and there's a wind change that, that burned back under our towers and under our lines. So we haven't been able to get good, um, I guess, eyes or visibility of those circuits. We'll be have people in there again this morning at first light and we'll work for the fire service to get access and, and understand what damage there might be um, as we keep people in there. How many pylons and, and lines are affected, do you think? Um, if you've seen all the photos, the transmission line runs sort of right through the fire area. Um, so it, it'll be coming um, I guess across the fire span. I'm not sure exactly how big it is, um, but it certainly looks like there's a number of towers and spans of um, transmission conductor that will be affected. So is that putting power at risk, power supply at risk? Um, at the moment, the supply into Christchurch is less resilient than normal, um, but like everybody is supplied, um, by the way, we'll be able to reconfigure to configure the network with Orion. But yes, we'd like to get in there and, and get the circuits back in service because that just helps provide an extra level of resilience to everyone. Any idea when you can do that, or is it in an area that's well involved with this blaze? Yeah, that's a problem at the moment, that the area of the blaze is in and around the circuits. Um, so we'll get eyes on this morning. Um, normally our circuits um, handle the situation quite well um, and can be returned, um, but we won't know for sure until we can get um, some better visibility of what's going on. Of course, a year ago, uh, Cyclone Gabrielle, you had a, had a whole other issue affecting a substation up in, uh, in the Hawke's Bay. Uh, has that all been fixed up now? And what, what other work have you done in terms of resilience around these uh, substations and pylons? Yes, February 14 is rapidly becoming my least favourite yeah. day. Um, but yeah, no, we had a significant damage um, with Straightline Gabriel. Uh, we had a couple of our substations underwater, um, as, as you're well aware. So yeah, as we rebuilt um, 
But as we recovered Redcliff, um, we did a lot of work to improve the resilience of the site as we restored, and um, we got everything sort of back to normal um, back in the middle of last year. Um, we've now been working since then, um, given the time that's brought us with the Unison, um, the local lines company, and looking at all the flood modelling for the areas, um, looking at what future low growth might be, and coming up with a plan of what the long-term um, sort of rebuild options and solutions are just to continue to make it more resilient. Because a number of substations were identified as being at risk from flooding, weren't they? Uh, you've got a, a number of 180 substations around the country, and there are a number that have a level of flood risk. And um, we're sort of working um, through those sites and looking at what we can do to make that more resilient. Um, we've asked for about $200 million um, to be spent in, on resilience activity in our next um, approval period from the Commerce Commission. So we're working through that with the Commerce Commission at the moment. So we're putting a resilience program in place just to continue to improve the resilience of our assets. And obviously any assets built to today's standards are built um, in a resilient way. Um, the, substate, the control room building or the switch room building at Redcliffe, for example, that was built in 2013, came through the floods with no damage at all. So that shows sort of our modern standards um, you know, are designed to survive these sort of events. Thank you for your time this morning. That was uh, TransPower's General Manager, Mark Ryle. Uh, they have had some interruptions to power supply caused by this fire on the Port Hills, but looks like they've been able to uh, set up a workaround uh, to keep power uh, going to the city at this stage.